It is the Christmas season at Macy's famous flagship store on 34th Street in New York City. Santa has been receiving children for many hours. All right. Who's next? Hey, next brat in line. Get up here. Well, what do you want for Christmas, my dear little child? I want an Xbox X Series, a Barbie convertible, and the Lego Millennium Falcon. Right. Thanks for coming. All right. Who's next? Wait a minute. You're not my usual head elf. Who are you? Your other guy got sick, and I got suddenly promoted. My name is Snowflake. Wait a minute. Don't I know you from high school? Aren't you Rob? Macy's told me my name is Snowflake while I'm on this job. Yes, but aren't you Jewish? Why are you an elf? Nothing in the Bible says an elf has to be Christian. In fact, there are no elves in the Bible. And there's no Santa either, so stop judging me. Okay, okay. Sorry. Times are tough these days, Santa. So get off my back. You know, you're a little grumpy for a job like this. You'd be grumpy too if your name was Snowflake. All right, all right. Can we just bring up the next child, please? Hey, punk. You waiting for an engraved invitation? You're next in line. Get up here. Hey, Santa, nice to meet you. Here's my card in case you need any legal work. Wait a second. Aren't you a man in his 40s? This line is for little kids. Uh, no. You see, I have this uh, degenerative disease that uh, makes me look 40. I'm actually 8 years old. Sounds like BS to me. All right, fine. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Well, I was thinking of a 1,000 shares of Amazon stock preferred... And an 85-inch 4K TV Samsung brand, if you could get one. Yeah, whatever a small child dreams of on Christmas morning. Exactly. I just didn't want to take any chances. You understand, Santa. Hey, Rob. Snowflake, are you deaf, Santa? How many times do I have to tell you? Sorry, Snowflake. Are there any real kids in that line? Yeah, this kid looks legit. Come on, kid, and your dreams will be realized. And what would you like for Christmas, my child? I would like peace on Earth and goodwill to all mankind. Could you also eliminate COVID worldwide? It's really putting a crimp in my evenings. Really? Yes. Is that a problem? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a tall order, little girl. I normally do footballs, puzzles, sleds, you know, stuff like that. I have faith in you, Santa. You're my all-time hero. I know you can do it. Okay, well, uh, let me see what I can do. Thanks, Santa! And, uh, you're absolutely sure you don't want an Xbox? Oh, sure. I'll take the Xbox, too! True crime. Sex. Political conspiracy. Celebrity gossip. Murder. UFOs. Crooked officials. The occult. Assassination. Courtroom drama. Rape. Corporate scams. Scandal sheets. Everyone and welcome to Scandal Sheet. My name is Thad Helsley, and today we are pleased to welcome back our very favorite New Yorkers, the Mets Mob. They are David Grover from the Upper East Side. What's up, everybody? Rob, also from the Upper East Side. What's up, everybody? And a famous podcaster himself. 
the incomparable Len from Manhattan. Hey, don't forget to listen to the Christmas episode of the Arrive Alive podcast found easily at ArriveAlivePodcast.com. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to my two Jewish friends over here. I'm surprised, by the way, Thad, he actually let you open. I'm surprised he didn't open with the, with the plug, let you jump in, and then plug. <laughs> and, and by the way, listeners, David and his wife, Jill, were in an episode we did about the Britney Spears case a couple months back. When you're done listening to this, you may want to look at that episode. Very informative. So, it's great to have the Mets mob back. For newbie Scandal Sheet listeners, please check out our previous pod series from 2019 and 2020 called From the Cheap Seats. I'll put links in the liner notes. The mob was featured frequently in many of those episodes, and they were among our most popular. So, thank you for all that, gentlemen. Our pleasure. Now, before we get to our main topic regarding the holiday season, I've got to catch up with you guys on the topic you are most famous for, baseball. Your team, the Mets, just signed a historic contract with a 37-year-old pitcher named Max Scherzer. $43.3 million per year for three years. Was that a good call by your ownership? David, do you want to start? Yes, Amazing, amazing deal by our owner. We've been waiting for 50 plus years to get an owner like this who would spend money and bring in star players. And yes, you know how great Max is. Um, I think it's a great contract. It's only three years, okay? Yes, it's a lot of money per year. But what do you get? You get a superstar pitcher, you get a bulldog, and you get a great clubhouse guy competitor. Every signing has risks, okay? This has a risk, his age. He was great last year. He should be great for, I would imagine, two of the next three years of this contract. It changes the entire franchise. The fan base is excited. The city is excited. People want to come here again. This is the biggest and maybe best move in Mets history. Great, great move, Steve Cohen. Wow. So you're not concerned with the fact that doesn't this push you way into luxury tax territory or your owner rather? It does. But I guess when the owner's worth $16 billion, it probably doesn't matter so much. So okay. yes, it does. Yeah. So Rob, what about you? Well, I think this is very exciting. Uh, you know, you have to take into account the, the Mets history and the Mets luck and the way players transform when they come here. So uh, to, sort of to D. Grove's point, I don't think the New York Mets have had a star pitcher of this magnitude, of this significance, to spend who will spend a significant amount of time on the IL in 2022, the, the way Max Scherzer will. It'll be unbelievably exciting to get the updates of, is he feeling better? Uh, has he started throwing yet? Um, is there any update? Um, do, we, do we know when he's expected back? So th- th- this is very, very exciting uh, as a Mets fan. To, to really to really know that when he comes here, um, he's going to spend the majority of his time hurt. This is it's very very exciting. Yeah, but Rob, isn't that true of anybody they bring in or could bring in? And you know what I mean? Just because you might as well go for the best. They could bring in anyone else. Degrove and you could say the same thing. Todd Frazier was a major league baseball player for I don't want to exaggerate. I think forty seven years. Um, never spent a, never never spent a minute, not a minute hurt. He came to the Mets in his first year. He was on he was on the injured list twice. Okay, he's not Max Scherzer. 
compare this to like Mike Piazza, how that changed the franchise. How great was Mike Piazza almost the entire eight years he was here? But remember, like Nine we said the ago. other day, he was he they the, the Dodgers held him out of the playoffs for fatigue. The biggest point of the year, the biggest stage of the year, especially coming into being a free agent, and he couldn't pitch because he was tired. That's problematic. Did you see the press conference? When he signed? Yeah. Yeah. And what he said was... Yeah, he... Had, no, he, he said... said uh, what he said was, is they asked him, they said, uh, what about the Dodgers? He wanted to sign with the Dodgers, which he did. He wanted to sign back with the Dodgers, but the Mets just gave him more money, so he very graciously, very, very wisely said, now is not the time to talk about the Dodgers. Maybe we'll talk about them. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the fatigue thing. He addressed that. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. He said he was bouncing. First of all, he said he had a limited amount of innings the year before. And then this year he was bouncing around between bullpen and starting. And he was jumping around without a lot of arm strength yet from the season because they held him out a lot during the season. He didn't want innings limits. They gave him some innings limits. And he said he was fine. He said he was just going back and forth bullpen starter. Kind of put him on a, on a, in a bad place once well, the playoffs Well, look, at, look at it this way. If it were the, if it were the podcast playoffs... And Leonardo was supposed to be the starting podcast, and he was hurt. Do you think he would find a way to make that podcast and make it a absolute home run? Pun intended. I do. Well, uh, you know, to David's point, didn't in that same press conference, didn't sure say this was not his last contract. He's going to have another one, doesn't? Oh he? yeah, sure. I mean, he'll be in his he'll be in his forties, and he anticipates another contract. Oh well, I mean. You know, why wouldn't you? But, uh, you, you know, unlikely. Well, I mean, Thad, you, you, well, Thad, you've seen him pitch more than we have, right? right? That's a good point. I always, got the imp- I always got the impression that sort of like Jacob deGrom, he's got great stuff, but he's also a smart pitcher. So maybe when his he loses a few miles off his fastball, which he hasn't yet, but he will eventually, he can mm-hmm. still be a really good pitcher. Do you agree with that, Thad? Yes, I think I, I it's and, and he is so conscious about his body. He's not one of these guys that was, you know, apparently snorting coke or doing pills or anything like that. He's he's extraordinarily um, takes care of his body. And, you know, but but what is weird? So is that like Steven Sprosberg, which was also remember Scherzer with, was with us for seven years and got us into a World Series. And then we also had this much younger guy, Steven Sprosberg, who is only 30, and he's only pitched like 15 innings in the last two years. You know, and now he's going into a surgery, which could be career-ending. It's sort of a rare surgery. It's not. He's had Tommy John twice. I forget the name of this surgery, but uh, it's, you know, it's problematic, uh, potentially. But Scherz, Scherz is a Superman. Scherz is a Superman. No question. All right, look, I, I hope I'm wrong. Are you guys done? Are you yeah. guys freaking finished? I always I, I, I like I like Len to be Holy the, the Sissy third. Boy. <laughs> I'm gonna part uh, so I think it's a gr- I think it's a great I think it's a great move and I I called the fan last yesterday and thanked Mr. Cohn for doing this. Uh Dave, I'm gonna slightly disagree with you. I don't think it's the best move that the Mets have ever made because you can't discount Gary Carter, Keith Hernandez, and Mike Piazza because they were missing the final piece. He is a piece, and I know we're going to go out. And we've gotten some more pieces, but these guys, you know, and they, they were everyday players. So, uh, but I think it's a great move, and I think 
Cohen finally said to the owners, okay, you guys want to play? play? Watch how I play because nobody wanted a job with them. Nobody wanted to come here, and he's making them look like fools. Thank you, Mr. Cohen. Um, Also, if you do a Google search for addition by subtraction, you're going to see two 8x10 glossies of Noah Syndergaard and Javier Baez. I'm so glad that those guys are out the door. They were both me, 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 me players. And I don't think Scherzer is a me, me, me. He's a me, me, me only in the sense of, hey, let me help us win and and be a championship. And one of the questions I asked on WFAN to Richard Neer uh, was, I asked him to picture the number, assuming Jacob and Max are healthy next year, there's a number of wins that they will get combined next year. So I asked him if that number of wins combined is larger or smaller than the number of gambling ads on WFAN in one freaking hour because that radio station has turned into a piece of nobody's left. Every You know, Town Fair Tire is the only advertiser that's not a gambling ad. So I know I digressed a little bit, but getting back, Gary Carter, Immortal, Keith Hernandez, and Mike Piazza, I think, were the three best moves in my lifetime. And by the way, Syndergaard, briefly, how stupid does he feel right now? He left the Mets really for the same amount of money. And he left because maybe he thought L.A. would be a better, the Angels would be a better situation. And now the Mets become the biggest talk of the country right now in terms of baseball. He made a big, big, he's sitting with the Angels right now going, what the hell did I do? I'm going to guess if uh, Noah ever took the SATs, the 1600 SATs, I don't know if they're 2400, <laughs> I think uh, he'd probably get 600 combined. But he is witty. He's a funny guy. He has to have some intelligence to be as funny as he is. He's a pretty funny oh, guy. I don't know. But he doesn't know how to get people out. He just throw the ball hard and harder. That's like his only thing. You know, he doesn't know how to get people out. But and, anyway. And Max does. Uh, and we got Max. So he really does. Excited. He really does. So. <laughs> Hi, my name is Len Bellello, and in September of 2019, I was riding my motorcycle in an SUV, ran a red light, and crashed into me pretty good, but thankfully, I survived with no major injuries, but it was that day that I decided to make a podcast about motorcycle safety. It's called Arrive Alive, and it can be found at ArriveAlivePodcast.com, or just search Spotify or iTunes for Arrive Alive. And if you have an Amazon Alexa speaker, just say, hey, Alexa, play Arrive Alive podcast. Now, we have 37 episodes featuring expert riders from North and South America talking about their personal approaches to safety and how to get the most enjoyment from riding. So if you ride or have a friend or a family member that rides, please do them in favor and send them to ArriveAlivePodcast.com. Thank you. Okay, so secondly on the baseball topic is the lockout by the team owners that they imposed against the players the very second the existing or previously existing collective bargaining agreement expired at midnight on December 2nd. Now, I have you guys on tape last year, as early as spring, predicting that something like this would inevitably occur. Now that it has occurred, what do you think? David, you want to start? You know... Keep keep the rotation. Yeah, sure. You know, I definitely thought... A year ago, last year, that this was going to happen, it would be really, really ugly and last a long time. And then it seemed like they were talking, this might work out, they might have a quick deal. Now it's looking the opposite. 
Well, they only had five years to negotiate, but yeah. (laughs) This is concerning. I mean, there's um, a lot of money at stake. Nobody wants to move. Um, They did this now to avoid losing games, but that's why the owners did this. They didn't want the players to strike sometime during the season, like I guess it was 94. So they want to do it now. 94 was the last work stoppage, and that was disastrous, wasn't it, both for game attendance and revenues? I mean, it took years to recover from that from that conflict, didn't it? Yes, and that's why the owners were smart enough, in my opinion, to do this now, right? Let's do this now. Let's get this done in the next few months, not in July. So they had to do it now, and I don't know how this is going to resolve itself. They are so far apart. The players want no restrictions. The owners want restrictions. I think there are ways to play with this, so, you know, with floors for payrolls, for caps, a higher cap, a higher floor. They were talking about having like um, arbitration after two years instead of three years for players. They're talking about having arbitration based on your age, not just your service time, right? So there's a lot of different possibilities they could play with. One thing I think they should do is what the NBA kind of does, if you know, is if you have a player on your team, you could go over the cap. to You could pay them more than any, any other team. You could go over the cap to keep the player you developed. So that might maybe that's a way to do it. But there are, so, there are so many ways to do this. But, man, I don't see this getting resolved anytime soon. You think they'll have something to sign, like, 11.59 the night before the first day of spring training? <laughs> or two weeks into spring training, yeah. You, really, you, guys think, you guys think it can go that long? Because I don't think Major League Baseball can afford it. I don't mean money-wise. I mean, the last time they had a lockout was 1995. The right. sport was triple the popularity of what it is now. And you can make the argument that it almost killed the sport in terms of just people saying, you know what, we don't need you, goodbye. Well, well, that's the other issue, especially in sort of the world we are in now with all the uncertainty of Well, what it comes down to, Thad. I mean, it's feuding billionaires versus millionaires. Are people going to tolerate this? You just took my line. I was going to say. Oh, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Start again. I'll cut it out. So you start. I was going to say millionaires fighting with billionaires during a pandemic. Man, nobody wins. No, nobody sounds good in, in that in that setup. Yeah, but how do you, how do you resolve it? Like you just said, owners. You know, do they just not have caps? They, that's not working. Players you don't want to. You 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 keep the train moving and you figure it out as you're riding. You don't stop the train. Well, they kind of have to. Well, but but what's happened during this pandemic is that a lot of people have figured out that there's a lot of things they don't need. So, you, so, for example, do people really need to go to the gym? Hey, you get stuff in your apartment. Do people need to go to the movies? Well, I got a pretty sweet TV. So there are things that you're like, you know what? If they're not going to play baseball, all right, don't play baseball. I'll figure it out. I think that's a very good point. I mean, people, you're right. I mean, people are like, you know what? Wow, I get my 80-inch TV and my Netflix subscription, 4K, and wow, uh, you know, the James Bond movie looks fine here to me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. So you, so you know what? At a time especially where I truly believe, where you see all these dopey rules that are going on, the runner on second, which I know they're getting rid of, and uh, they're talking about some kind of rule that they're going to try out. You could steal first. Don't ask me to explain it because I can't. Um, but these are all these things where it really says to me that you the can steal owner, first. Yeah, look into it. It's, it's something they were talking about. Where this talking about? But, it. Rob, the, the, but what you're saying, Rob, makes, I, you know, you keep on saying this, and you're right in principle, in theory. But how do you bridge the gap? If you're the owners, you're right. They know that. But if they're if the players are saying no cap, what are you supposed to do? You don't you don't stop work. 
That's that's what you do. That because if you stop work, if, if this whole baseball thing falls apart, then you're not going to. Well, I mean, yes, of course, you'll still have millionaires and billionaires, but the next generation, the generation after that, okay, you might find that uh, you might find that pickleball is a whole lot more interesting. Well, we Rob, might be doing we, we, we might be doing the, the, the pickleball uh, uh, mob. We were just saying this before. I think you were knocked off for a few minutes, right? If the owners don't lock out now, the players could strike in July. That's why they're doing this now. Right, of course. So if the owners say, fine, we'll just play under the same system, they're on strike in July, the season's over. That's right. So what are the, which, owners, which, what are the owners supposed to do? So you're right. saying, David, they're forcing this. I mean, they've got December, January, and half of February to get this thing done. They've got two and a half months, right? Yeah, I think I – think- you know the sport has has changed so much. I think we need a pitch clock because you know I was watching John Boy Media, and and we need a pitch clock and maybe extending first base so there's like less of those you know kind of twisted ankles or collisions at first base. I know they had tested that out, and the extra inning thing I'm not so sure about. But as far as the money, I mean, they you know if you're an owner. Yeah, you're, it's a lot of money to develop a player, right? You bring them through the minors and, you know, you make them what they are. And then, you know, you, you, but I like Thad's point. Like, yeah, you could, like, if you go, if to keep somebody you developed, you can go over. But is that fair my point, for the my, other my, teams? My, my, my okay. Point. Is that fair for the other teams that may want that person? That's a great question. I mean, uh, I think I heard the Mets are trying to extend Brandon Nimmo's contract. I would love to see him be. A Met for his whole life. That guy brings me joy. Uh, Frank Cashin years ago used to say, and this is when they, they actually physically wrote paychecks every two weeks, and he had to sign the paychecks. They were computer printed, but he had to sign them. And he said, the only player I never mind signing the paycheck was Mookie Wilson. And I feel the same way about Brandon Nemo. <laughs> You know, no one wants to be in a car or a motorcycle accident or a slip and fall that causes physical or mental damage. And even construction accidents are on the rise today. But if you or a friend or family member are injured, you need a professional and understanding law firm that has experience in getting the most for their clients' injuries. And you can find all of that at the law firm of Grover and Fensterstock. They are a premier personal injury firm located in New York City, and their track record is excellent. They have years of experience working and winning for their clients. Now, they offer a free consultation, and they only get paid when you get paid. So how do you get in touch with them? Well, you call David Grover at 1-866-99-LAWYER, and mention that you were referred by the Scandal Sheet Podcast, one of your favorite podcasts, of course. So David Grover at Grover and Fenster Stock, 1-866-99-LAWYER, 866-99-LAWYER. You'll be glad you called. So the main topic of this episode is the holiday season and specifically in New York City as Christmas Town. So that is city my sidewalk, city sidewalk, dressed in <laughs> holiday style. <laughs> so, it, New York City has been called by many 
the capital of Christmas in the United States, and maybe even in the English-speaking world, right? So, and it starts with the Macy's Day Parade, broadcast around the world, then lighting the tree in Rockefeller Center like they did a couple days ago, also broadcast around the world in prime time. And then the Rockettes are literally everywhere, and they're little red outfits. And there's so many other examples. So, clearly I know your local economy, you're all New Yorkers, makes a gazillion dollars from this five-week period, and no city on earth would ever turn that kind of an opportunity down. But here's my question to you guys, as you live there and have for your whole lives. Does it make sense that one of the most religiously and ethnically diverse cities on the globe should be the epicenter of the premier Christian holiday? David, why don't you start? This is New York City. We're the center of everything, aren't we? So, yes, of course we should be the center of New Year's Eve, Thanksgiving Parade, like you said. But remember, when you say New York is the Christmas center of the country or the world, you're right. But think about everything you just brought up, right? You said the parade. You said the Rockettes. You said the lightning of the Christmas tree. What do all three have in common? They're all pretty secular. They're not that religious, okay? New York City is a secular town. It's not a very religious town. Yes, there are all different types of religions, and there are devout Catholics, devout Christians, Jews, Muslims, but the city itself is not that religious. June 29, 2010, Supreme Court nominee Elena Kagan is being questioned by Senator Lindsey Graham in her judiciary hearing. Is uh, whether a person who was apprehended in the United States is. No, I just ask you where you're at on Christmas. You know, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. Uh, Great answer. I grew up in the suburbs as a kid, right? Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, nothing was open, right? Chinese restaurants was the only thing you could ever go to. So now, living in New York City in Manhattan, Christmas Eve, I would say 90% of bars and restaurants were open, believe it or not, right? Christmas Day, maybe... 50%. 50%. Bars are open. Restaurants are open. People are going out. So it's a big secular holiday celebration, not really religious. I go, I'm not Christian, but I want, I usually go see the tree, right? I mean, Thanksgiving Day Parade is not, but I go to Thanksgiving Parade every single year. I go there and watch it. Um, I've been to the Rockettes. So it's, to me, it's a big secular celebration without much of a religious component, really. Well, you make an extremely good point. I was I was watching, I, I had it on mute most of the time, but I was watching the Macy's Day Parade this year. You know, the Christmas, I, I grew up in small towns in the Midwest. Every Christmas parade had like mangers on a float. I mean, they were explicitly, you know, Christian religious. I'm Catholic, but um, you're right. Like in the Macy's Day Parade, they've got a Baby Yoda. They got a, um, you know, a Ronald McDonald uh, balloon. I didn't see any religious symbols in that. Per- I mean, no mangers, no menorahs, no anything that was religious exp- that I could see. I don't know. Did, did I miss something? Uh, not much. I mean, secular stuff. Of course, there's Santa Claus. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Sa- yeah. Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is a guy who, you know, I mean, we can debate him, but he's certainly not in the Hebrew or Christian Bible. <laughs> Nor wait. the elves, nor is North Pole, right? Wait, wait, wait what, do you, what do you mean to debate him? 
debate where his origins i meant I mean, right, yeah, I, but, we can't but, debate his existence. He obviously is a dominant part of the holiday season. All right, yeah, but I mean, but we all agree that he's real. I mean, there's, you know, I saw him at the parade. He must be real. I saw yeah, him at the parade. I saw Miracle Thirty Fourth Street. I believe that movie. Look, anything Natalie Wood says to me, I believe. Right. So. <laughs> you know, um, um, I think New York is the melting pot. I was a little league coach. About eleven years ago, of fourteen-year-olds, cool. and uh, we had—I uh, think we had about fifteen or sixteen kids on the team. We did not have more than two nationalities or races. We had two African American, we had Thai, we had Chinese, and I think that's what you know makes the city wonderful. The borough of Queens, New York, is the most diverse place. Probably in the galaxy, if there's other life, right? Uh, last census, the cen- census, there was uh, over 120 uh, uh, different countries represented in Queens, New York. That being said, and I, I'm very, you know, accepting of other religions. Growing up on Long Island, I didn't know a Protestant person until I went, you know, to college. I just knew Jews and Italians and Irish people. And I, <laughs> I accept, I accept, and respect all other religions. But if there ever, you know, I'm just trying to think if there's any other people that died and then rose from the dead three days later. I'm thinking of one, Jesus Christ. But if there's any others, I would happily celebrate their birthday too. But until that time, I think, you know, we should celebrate Christmas uh, as Christians, as I am one. But I think it's also a symbol of love and giving and peace. And I think that is what everybody, I think, would agree that everybody should practice. I am, I am, by the way, so impressed that he didn't segue that into a plug for Arrive Alive. Well, Jesus uh, would have had a motorcycle. <laughs> if he didn't live 2,000 years ago, he probably would have had a Harley. Well, one thing I will say is... Um, Best I way also, to get around the desert. Of... For sure, that's exactly where he was going. I'm tasteful and respectful. I think everybody knows that. Um, but last year, and we're actually doing it again this year, you know, I, I co-promote a motorcycle meetup every Tuesday and we have anywhere from 400 to 900 people come and not this Saturday coming, but the next Saturday we're doing a Christmas tree run of Manhattan. And what we're going to do is we're going to visit six Christmas trees uh, in a few hours and then end up at the Mason jar on East 30, 30th street between park and uh, Madison Avenue. Great food, great drink, comfort food. You definitely should go there. That's the Mason jar. Please look it up. But, uh, no, it's great. We start at the Wall Street Christmas tree, then we go South Street, then we go Washington Square Park, and set, and we end at Rockefeller Center. And this ride, we had like 20 people, and we had non, non-Christians there. So I think it's like that feeling of love and giving and peacefulness um, is really the most important thing we should remember. But, okay, so, Lynn, so I am also raised Catholic. Uh, my, my dad was, he was in the seminary. Was, were it not for World War II, he would have been a priest and I would not have existed. Wow. Uh, you know, given the explicit reason that this holiday is supposedly the birth of the Christian Savior, despite what, what David and Rob were saying, that yes, but it's very secular the way it's practiced in, in New York. But if, if you were going to, like, just, like, pick out of a hat any place on the planet, wouldn't some place like Bethlehem where 
the Savior was actually born, or maybe even Vatican City be a better place to be, quote unquote, Christmas town, the main place. Well, Rome has a great, you know, tradition of Christmas, and you know, I've been there. Have I been there for Christmas? I, I was, I was, uh, two thousand eight. What? Um, the, do they have a baby Yoda balloon or a gigantic tree in the middle of the, you know, next to the monolith or whatever? Not that I remember. I know. Some <laughs> people, yeah. So I and I'm not sure they would, or even Bethlehem would say, yeah, yeah, bring in the Ronald McDonald balloon. I don't think they would. Maybe you know they would do it in a very different way. But I'm, I'm that's what I, I guess I'm calling the contrast to. And I guess I'm maybe it is. It's the secular versus the 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 stuff that Len and I believe. And and you guys like you were saying, okay, we go see the tree, we go to the Rockettes. You yeah, know, I mean, still... also, I, I, I think when you look at it, there's there's two aspects to it. There's there's Christmas, the hardcore holiday and all that it is and all it represents. And then there's Christmas, the commercialization of it and the, the, the genericness of it where anybody and everybody can partake in it. So with that, yeah, you go, I mean, everybody goes and looks at the windows along Fifth Avenue. Right. And like Dee Grove said, you go look at the tree. And when you're, you're, when you're talking about all these things which are of a touristy nature, well, when you say tourist or touristy, New York has got to be one of the top three places that come to mind, if not the top two, and maybe that it's, the, it's first on that list. Definitely think, in the United States, yes. Yeah, absolutely. right. So, I, so I Other than Disneyland, Orlando, right. Right, but I don't think a lot of people go to Disneyland to celebrate Christmas. Or, no, they, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. You're yeah, right. So, and that's, that's the point, is that you guys are Christmas town. And that's what I'm sort of like, okay, and you're saying in no way are you, even though you might be of the Jewish persuasion, you're not offended by all this stuff going around around you. You're like... We actually like it. We like the tree. We like the rockets. We like the parade. Is that what you're saying? I'm just offended by Leonardo's endless plugging. That's that's. What <laughs> well, you know, during the day, I work for a website called TravelingMom.com. So for all the moms out there, go to TravelingMom.com. And literally, uh, usually most of our traffic or a good chunk of our traffic is split between uh, Disneyland and Disney World. But around this time, forty ah. percent of our traffic or more is all about New York and the, the holiday attractions right. and things to do. So that, once again, TravelingMom.com, the place to go when planning a trip for your family. Fed, well, we, I, I, we, Fed we should do a podcast that is just all about <laughs> what we do is, is each of us just throws out a topic to Leonardo. Well, <laughs> oh, Rob, you and, feel free to do a plug for your barber because you got a beautiful haircut today. Uh, beautiful hair. But, but watch this. Watch, you ready? A random word. Watch. Leonardo, look at me. Salmon. Trader Joe's has the best salmon. <laughs> just, <laughs> just open up the Upper East Side. Go to Yelp so, and search yeah. Trader Joe's and find your local Trader Joe's. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to get sued. So, I mean, so, to to that's uh, <laughs> to, to to question, I'm going to throw something in there, is that please. Um, the reason please. it's hard for anybody to get offended by it is because New York is very... I don't know, when I say politically correct, diverse, you know, everywhere there's a Christmas tree, there's kind of a menorah right nearby as well. That's you true. You know what I mean? So my building where I live is a big Christmas tree. they got a big menorah in the window also. My office, same thing. So Really? Okay. You know, yeah, so, you don't, uh, yeah. 
Is there like a, I was going to ask this, is there anything comparable to the Rockefeller City? Like, is there a 10 story high menorah in Central Park or something? Yes, there is actually. There is. Okay. There's okay. a, there's, I was, was going to yeah. ask that. There's two massive, massive menorahs. I think one in Central Park and one at the Plaza Hotel, I think, or something like that. Cool. So there are well, we're going to include big... pictures then. Yes. But Hanukkah is yes. not like the big holiday, right? Like, it isn't like Yom Kippur or the other one, Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, like those where you're fasting. And yes. You, I think you know, one past, thing I will give to the Jewish the people is, right? is, you know, the Christians don't sit in church for six or eight hours like you guys do. And I... Uh, you guys must have some deep meditations or prayers going on because that's one thing we don't do, and that's I've always uh, well, know, how, admired the Jewish. How long culture. is Christmas service? <laughs> well, how long is Christmas? I don't even know how long is your Christmas service. An hour and fifteen minutes. I mean, so maybe on the Jewish holidays, it's two or three hours. It's longer. No, I, I mean, thought you guys nice. sit there for like six or eight hours sometimes, don't you? I mean, if you're Hasidic or Orthodox, maybe. I'm sure the Pope goes to right. church more than an hour than you, you know. Yeah. And you but, fast for a full day, don't you, typically? Oh, uh, that, that stinks. Yeah, you definitely fast, which is, uh, yeah. which is not, not great. But, you is know, that it's one full day, or do you, like, do, you, like, do you go a full 24 hours? Or is it just like... Uh, it's like 26 like, hours, man. 26 hours. All right, hours. so you like, you'll eat on a Monday and then, like, say, dinner... And then you only eat till like a Tuesday night type thing. Yep. Right. Okay. Never, never fun. Yeah. So which one's bigger, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur? What, Yom Kippur. More serious. Yom Kippur. And that is the atonement one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Rosh Hashanah is the New Year. Yes. Well, we're still in. I mean, you guys correct me. We're still in the seventh day of um, Hanukkah, right? The, the last day is tomorrow, isn't that? Uh, correct? No. T- uh, is today's, today the today today's the last day. Oh, today's the last yeah. day. Oh, today's last day. I'm sorry. One more shameless plug. My mom, an Italian mom, makes the best matzo brie on the freaking planet, man. And you can buy it at leonardosmom.com. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you've answered a lot of my questions, and, and that's, that's I, you know, because, like, where I grew up, I grew up in, like, the rural Midwest, tiny little towns. And the only thing, you know, we would look at, we would look at the Macy's Day Parade. It was like New York, New York. That's the, that was like the thing in the world that we could, and I didn't get there until my mid-20s, you know, for the very first time. But that was like all the things, all, every redneck in the world was like New York City, man. Oh, wow. Christmas in New York. That's got to be awesome. You know, so, and you guys live there. So, but I mean, you guys seem like you're really, really just tolerant and accepting, which I would imagine, you know, being in such a diverse place for four, you know, 400 years is bad. You know, if you ever watched the Rick Burns documentary about New York, uh, it's been extraordinarily diverse since its very beginning, even though it started as a, as a Dutch colony. But if there was anything you could change about the way the holiday season is practiced, whether you call it Christian or Hanukkah or anything else, is there anything you would change? Are you talking about from a New York perspective? Yeah, yeah, New York perspective. The way it's done in your city well, that you live with every year. Would you change anything? Factoring in that, that friendly little bugaboo called COVID, um, in prior oh. years... when I when, thought we were going to get through a whole freaking podcast without saying that word. Thanks well, I was, I was trying oh, not to, oh, yeah. Remember, Crap. if you want COVID, go to getcovid.com, Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> Omnicron variant, Omnicron. dot com. I have no plugs for COVID. <laughs> Good. 
Um, no, no, please, but, yeah, let's do it without COVID. Let's do it. But no, COVID. well, but but my point is that so right. Okay. So without COVID, we were all working in Midtown five days a week. I, I'm, when I say all, I mean generically. But I think we were actually Leonardo when we were working together and Degrove. Your offices in Midtown. The every everybody knew, especially around the Rockefeller Center tree, traffic, pedestrian and um, a motorist uh, nightmare. Just a nightmare. You cannot get around. It was just tight wall-to-wall people. Um, with people not working in their offices, per se, or as much, it hasn't been as challenging. But pretending that there was no COVID, if you were to ask me that question, I would say just I would love to change where they have a, a, an, an old colleague of mine said this once. He said, uh, in terms of with the tourists, if they had, if they had tourist pedestrian walking lanes... So for the so for the folks that wanted to just you know that literally had a destination and wanted to walk quickly to and from that's your lane and for the folks in from out of town that wanted to to see the the, the bright lights of the big city you can stop and you can slow down and you can look up and you can move at a snail's pace so that is what I would wind it up for. Rob okay so I've been on six podcasts with <laughs> Rob Hauptman and I think that's the most boring thing you've ever Ooh. said. In all the podcasts, what I would like to see change, I think we do it pretty good. Side I mean, what are you, a city planner? Is this the city planner podcast? If you want good podcast, tune in what, to excitingpodcast.com. What I would do is it's I would It's the holiday season, boys. You love each other. Come you know, on. You, you know, for NBC, you know how NBC like shows the, the Christmas carols like when they first – I would yes. designate a place maybe in Bryant Park or Washington Square Park where every, let's say, half hour to 45 minutes – you, you can go, and there's like a conductor, not a conductor, but a choir uh, thing. And now that we have cell phones, obviously we've had them for a while, uh, you can sing three or four songs with, you know, you, you can bring friends and family, but let's say a group of 50, and then you can record it, right? You know, like there'll be a, a recording, so you can order record, recordings of it. But I think singing, I'm a big karaoke fan, and I do karaoke regularly. I think singing uh, is big in both Jewish, you know, uh, religion as well as Christian religion and just about every other religion too. So I think if there was a designated singing area where people could get together in an orderly fashion, yeah, you could social distance if you need it. I think that would be really fun. I think the one thing we're missing, snow. Snow. Where's the snow? It doesn't snow anymore. When I was a kid, it snowed December and Christmas and Jan. We don't get snow anymore here. Yeah. yeah, you don't remember He's back. A in... kid. Well, no, there's this, that's a there's this about... sort of climate change thing going on, David. Maybe you heard about it a little bit, but well, uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get there. Getting I know, I know, it's political. It's, it's political. Leonardo's yeah, yeah. gonna get very upset no. and angry, but you know, no, there's no. Hawaii's snow. having a blizzard. No. Look, if things have changed. Things. Have you know changed. what? And uh, the one thing I would add, and this is not a plug, and you know, Christmas is a time to spend with loved ones. And, you know, I know uh, David has a very lovely wife. Rob uh, has an excellent wife. And, and they, uh, how many years have you been married now, Rob? Uh, coming up on 20. And y- you actually proposed in a very unique way from what I remember. What, what else were you getting at? <laughs> well, I was, was going to get at, you know, I'm single. Uh, so for everybody, all the single ladies in the house. Is there anything... I should have asked you guys that you think would be relevant about New York's place in the global mind and the holiday season. I just think that, you know, there's so many races and religions here. 
and it without getting too corny and it does kind of bring people together. People are happy. I mean, whether it's a Pakistani cab driver or a China, whatever it was, everyone jumps into this. You don't have to be Christian to get involved in it. Everybody enjoys the season here. People are just nicer, happier, just walking by Bloomingdale's and seeing the Santa Clauses ringing their bells for the uh, Salvation Army and the Christmas music. It's a fun, it's such a great place to be over the Christmas holiday. There you go. That's a wonderful thought to go out on. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for visiting the pod again. You were so famous for us last year. Really appreciate it. And thank you to our fantastic audience for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mets Mom! Yo! Well, it's time to collect the wrapping paper on this episode, folks. I want to thank the members of the Mets Mob, David Grover, Rob from the Upper East Side, and Leonardo from Manhattan, for joining us to share their amazing insights on Christmas in New York City. We hope you'll follow or subscribe to Scandal Sheet on your favorite pod platform and share it with all your friends. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a shameless, over-the-top rave review on Apple Podcasts especially. That helps us build audience. Also, we want to hear from you. You can reach us online at ScandalSheetPod.com on Facebook or Twitter. Or just send us an email to contact at ScandalSheetPod.com. We hope all of our listeners enjoy their holidays. We'll see you next time on Scandal Sheet. Copyright 2021, Thad Helsley Media, LLC. All rights reserved.